Welcome to the Subkarma podcast channel. My name is James Holmes and I'm the branding director at Subkarma and most of the topics I discuss here relate to branding in Taiwan. So it's no secret that Taiwan could be branding itself better and this is one of the reasons why I'm sharing my experience and understanding of branding here. Now today I'm going to talk about one area where Taiwanese businesses need a lot of help. Naming. And here I specifically mean naming for the international market. Because I never cease to be amazed at how such essential part of branding is given so little attention by companies here in Taiwan. And I'm really not just talking about small companies, we're talking about large corporations as well. In this podcast, I'd like to share my approach to naming in the hope that you may find some useful pointers for yourself. So let's start by defining the types of names that exist out there. There are four main categories and we can draw them on a table. I'd like you to imagine a giant plus sign. Okay, so imagine the axis that goes from left to right. First, right on the left, we have names which are functional. Now, functional names merely explicitly say what the brand or product actually does. Names on the right, though, are called invented names and they don't mean anything. So on one side, on the left, you have functional and on the right, you have invented. So if I have a brand, an airline brand, and it's called Fly Airlines, it flies and it's an airline, so it will be functional, it will be on the left. If it is called Flups Airline, then it'll be on the right because it doesn't mean anything. Note that I didn't say Flop Airline because Flop Airline would be a bit unfortunate for an airline. Now let's add another dimension. Imagine in that giant plus from the top to the bottom, the names right at the bottom of this graph would be called the descriptive names. Now descriptive names generally tell us something about the product or the brand in very clear terms. And right at the top will be the opposite. If we're not descriptive, we are evocative. We are not being explicit, we are just creating an emotion. So the evocative names are the names that will evoke some type of emotion or feeling. So again, let's take an example with the airlines. If the brand is called Big Comfy Plane, it'll be at the bottom because it's functional. If it's called Boundless Airlines, then it'll go near the top because it's evocative, it inspires us. And now you can see the four main categories within which all the brand names that you know, every single one of them, will fall. So the point of having a table like this is not to make life complicated, but simply to ensure that we are making the first right impression on our target customers. And if our client is looking for simplicity, a product that just does the job, then going too far towards a creative side could make him feel unsure about what he's getting. Now, on the other hand, if my client is more interested in picking brands and products that stand out or inspire and create a beautiful connection, then we may want to avoid being too generic. So the bottom line is to put yourself in your client's shoes and figure out what he or she is really looking for. So that's easy enough, right? Wrong. (laughs) The problem that I have in Taiwan is that Chinese characters have stories and meanings, either when combined or by themselves. I learned ages ago that the character for good, the Chinese character for good, is the female particle and the child character combined together. It therefore has meaning, it is good. Now, to make things even more complicated, the word not only needs to have meaning, it needs to be understood by the brand owners. English may not be their native language, and that will sometimes limit the range of names that we're able to use. And I certainly face that daily. Ten years ago, there were more than 50,000 brand names in Taiwan using the particle 
Pro or Tech. If you just drive through Shinsu today, Taiwan Silicon Valley, you'll understand. You'll see loads and loads and loads of names with Pro or Tech in it. And my guess is that most people in business, uh, most people here know the words professional and technology, hence those two uh, particles. So it's very, therefore very common to see such words as good, lucky, king, rich, ever, best, top, etc. in Taiwanese brand names. And names in China, although more and more creative, can, can be very, very colorful as well, such as fortune, tiger, emperor. So the issue that we have with this is that the names end up being one, unremarkable, because everyone's following the same way of designing names, two, being very hard to register, because there are many companies out there with the same particles, and three, sounding very obviously Asian. So regardless of the product behind the brand name, we always suggest to find words or sounds that have strong associations. And those associations can be evocative or purely functional. And ideally, they sound different to what is already out there. Now, another area to pay attention to when creating a new name for your brand is the sound. The way your brand name sounds can say a lot about your product and create a strong, positive association without having to explain it. So, for example, names with the sound mmm, like M in them, sound personal and tasty. Mmm, it's like, it's like tasting something. Names with O oh, evoke surprise and joy. And the shape matches your mouth when you're, when you're surprised, the O. Oh. Now, if the O is placed at the end of the name, it'll sound more masculine. B is bouncy and humorous. It's a little bit like when you play with children's lips and you go like this. It's a little, it's a little bit silly sometimes. Now remember the Teletubbies. But B and D are great for kids because they're very simple sounds for kids to make. And you'll probably notice that a lot of children, when they still don't know how to speak, they will be using those sounds quite regularly. Names with I sound Italian and have a certain elegance to it. A at the end of a name sounds more feminine. S in a name sounds aggressive, precise. R is a challenge because it can be pronounced in many different ways depending on the country you're from. So it may be a very silent R like in English or in American, or it could be very pronounced in Spanish and, and in other Latin languages. R can roll the R's. In the same line of thought, it is risky using spelling that can be difficult to read uh, by non-English speakers. So uh, for example, the TH or the GH do not exist in Spanish, and so it's not commonly used. The Z in English or the Z in American is hard to pronounce for uh, Chinese people. And the list goes on. There are many, many different regional and country national differences that we need to be aware of if we're creating a global brand name. And since we're talking about different countries here, you may want to tailor your name to the markets you're targeting. So cultural awareness and understanding of the way people talk, accents and pronunciation is really important. For expressive customers like the Italians, you don't want to constrict them, you know, you don't want to like make them feel held tightly so they can't move with names that do not allow them to finish with an expressive A or I or O. Notice that the Italians still still try to have it their own way, even if you add vowels where there aren't any, they will still say uh, I'm I'm very good. Uh, they all add a, add a, an extra vowel at the end uh, when there's a consonant. 
For markets like India, wording in English is, is bouncy and joyful. There's a lot of B and B. It's, it's kind of bouncy. It's, it's friendly. yeah. And the short vowels like the O. The English R is way more expressive too. So adapt the name to match. And if your name starts with an S, more Spanish people uh, or Spanish speakers will probably add the E in front of it. Like, hello, I come from Spain. You know, that's one we hear that a lot. And the Dutch will often pronounce the S as a sh. So our company name is called Subkarma, but if we went to Holland, it's possible that they would say Shabkarma. Names for France uh, are pretty unique because a lot of the sounds do not exist in English. And I grew up in France, so I'm, I'm very aware of that. Uh, French is a different, difficult language and the pronunciation is very, very different to any other language that's out there. So to non-native speakers, French sounds a bit like... It's a lot of nice sounds like that. But when French people actually do speak English, they have a very liberal interpretation of things like the TH. And the H often disappears completely when uh, uh, in, in the Gallic language. So they might say something like, Oh, I think this is how I talk. I hope you understand. Which means, I think this is how I talk. I hope you understand. So the H will disappear. Russians, Russians uh, will speak with their mouths as tightly shut as possible, and the words that do come out often sound like drunken menaces, like "hello, I'm from Russia." This, I mean, I'm, I'm not a good uh, impersonator, but it's it's unfortunate because Russians I know are by far the most intellectual people that I've met, but that's not how it sounds. Finally, Germans prefer to cram their names with consonants one after the other. German names are very long and they're very precise, and vowels have to fight to get in. There's so many consonants there. So if you want to have a German sounding name, make sure it ends with a consonant that clearly leaves no space for a little vowel. So just push out the vowels and give them no space. With German names, we want the word to be clear and we want to close it at the end. Punkt, which means point or period. So here it is. A few tips on what to be aware of when designing brand names. Now remember, Names can be very powerful because they can evoke or say so much, whether through sound, rhythm or meaning. So come on, Taiwan. Let's stop with the best and top and the pro names. There's time to show that we can go global on every single level, including branding and including naming. Thank you for listening and God bless.